You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. I vow to be more professional this hour than I was last hour. I actually growled on the air, I believe. Ah. ESPN came out with its list of the top 74 players of all time in NBA history. Yes, they got to me. If that was their goal, they got to me. Oh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle dpshow. You can watch and you can listen on the Fox Sports Radio lineup, 362 radio affiliates around America, and youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. Chat row t-shirts. We have eight t-shirts for you to vote on, and then uh, we will have our winner, the chat row t-shirt. We'll have that for you coming up on Friday. But you're going to be voting at DanPatrick.com. Report came out yesterday. The NBA Players Association sent out a poll to the players. One simple question. Do you want to play this season? And it sounds simple. You would think everybody wants to play. I don't know if everybody wants to play. I don't know if every team, every owner wants to play. You know, the monetary issues. I don't know if everybody wants to play. NBA players aren't like us. Obviously, they're more gifted, they're taller, and a lot richer. But in many ways, they're facing the same dilemmas we have. We tend to look at our athletes and say, well, they're impenetrable. Hey, football players can come back and play. They're football players. Mm, It's not that easy. We want all of this to happen. We hope all of this happens. The NBA and other leagues can come up with all the plans they want. And, And you should have contingency plans. I get it. It doesn't mean you're able to execute this. These are very smart people, but there are some very smart people who are looking at this coronavirus and giving you their assessment. I don't care what the NCAA says. Hey, we want to have college football. Who doesn't want to have college football? And then you have the state of California. They've extended the stay at home. Now, that's going to affect your college football teams. If you go back to the the, uh, schedule, When it was released in the NFL, I said, keep an eye on the California teams. You know, the Rams and the Chargers, if they can't play in Los Angeles, if the 49ers can't play in the Bay Area, could they go to Denver? Does somebody go to Vegas? Does somebody go to Arizona? And you share the stadium with those teams. This is what's being talked about here. And it's probably going to happen. And I wonder about... College football with the Pac-12. And I know that we had the commissioner on yesterday, Larry Scott. He can say what he wants. You're not going to have students on campus with these California state schools. You're not having football. And what's that mean? And is the SEC is going to go on? Are they going to play games? Their commissioner backed off of that a little bit. And, you know, they want to be unified here. You know, what about the Big 12? ACC. Big 10, we want it to happen. That doesn't mean it will happen. And there's a big difference, and we have to understand that when we hear this news. Because I'm just like you. I'll hear some news and go, oh, come on. But you can't have that reaction. I mean, that's not real. You know, it's real that that's how I feel, but it's not in a real world. You know, we're in a vacuum. You know, when, when Dr. Fauci who is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, says... Needless suffering and death if the United States prematurely opens portions of the country amid the coronavirus pandemic. Okay, he he has a title. This is what he does for a living. And he's talking about this in front of a Senate committee 
yesterday. He hinted that those hoping for a standard college football schedule this fall should pump the brakes. Now, that's him. It's not me. It's not anybody else who's giving you information or opinion or hope. Dr. Fauci said, as things stand on May 12th, he doesn't envision students being protected by a vaccine or treatment for the fall school terms. Okay, if that's the case, are we having college football? Are we starting on time? I wondered if the NBA season would be salvaged. I said it wouldn't, but that was two months ago when I said it. With college football, I said I can't see us starting on time. It's not that I don't want it to happen. I'm just being realistic about this. And there are states where you probably go, we don't need gloves. We don't need face masks. We don't need any of this. What's the big deal? It's the other schools in other cities that are affected by this that will affect the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and college football. The NCAA president, Mark Emmert, said he believes fall sports won't occur at schools where students can't return to campuses. Now, I don't put any credibility in what Mark Emmert has to say as the head of the NCAA. This is about the commissioners of the Power Five conferences. Mark Emmert is just a liaison. ESPN and the five Power Five commissioners, that, that, that's all you need to know. Fox Sports, I'm sure, has a, a word in this as well. But the Power Five conference commissioners, they remain committed to college football starting on time. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, who we had on last week, he explained that he and other conference executives have to be prepared to adapt to a sports landscape that's ever-changing. It is. Every day, it feels like. What's new? The California state system happened yesterday. They're going to stay online, leaving fall sports pretty much hanging in the balance here. So you've got 23 California state universities. They're going to have virtual learning this fall. San Jose State, San Diego State, Fresno State, you're not playing football. They're members of the Mountain West Conference. It's just, it's not going to happen. And it feels like, well, we're just going to will our way. We're, we're going to force our way back. It just doesn't work that way. There's laws you have to abide by. And I'm right there with you. Do I want it to happen? Yes. Do I want fans in this? Yes, we all want the same thing. It's when can we do it? When is it smart to do it? It feels like we celebrate when you say, hey, the numbers are down. Only 600 died yesterday. Like, like just let that sink in. And then you're going to have your students go back because they are students, remember? The NCAA want us to know they're student-athletes. If they're just athletes, they don't have to go to class. You're just playing football. But if students are going back, these football players going back, I mean, they're, they're not immune to this. Hey, they're big and strong. Oh, okay. What about the coaches? I mean, factor this. Let's say the NBA goes back. Greg Popovich at his age. Jim Beheim, college basketball. Mike Krzyzewski. Older assistant coaches. So you can say, well, you got the, those young kids and they're, they're strong and they should be able to uh, you know, handle the coronavirus. Maybe they can. Hopefully they can. You got a lot of coaches, managers. If you're over the age of 60, 65, now you're more susceptible. I mean, there's just so many things to factor in. 
And, you know, yes, it's unfortunate we're not going to start on time. Yes, it's unfortunate we had seasons interrupted. But I'd rather learn from this year that helps us when we go into next year. And that we don't have something where we look back upon and say, what we should have done or why didn't we do something that's all am i overly cautious yes i am i am and i'll remain that way i i know when people say well what about the economy i i'm not rooting against us i mean i'm i'm not rooting against the economy i just want to make sure we understand we keep thinking that all of a sudden if the sports leagues come back then everybody gets to come back and that's not necessarily the case they're going to take special guidelines, precautions to come back. We may not have those available to us. And do you want to go to a game? And, and getting sports back doesn't jumpstart the economy. The economy jumpstarts the economy. Because we're not going to a game. You're not buying tickets. You're not traveling. Concessions. You're going to watch on TV. You're watching on TV now. You're just watching games from 20 years ago. In our minds, it helps us. And it does. There are times watching UFC, watching NASCAR this weekend, golf's coming up. I mean, I, look, I'm just like you. I want it. I hope for it. But I have to be realistic. We're not better than anybody else right now when it comes to this. We're all vulnerable. And that gets lost on people. Yeah, Paul. I'm not playing devil's advocate, but just to look at the other side of this, and this is, I have friends who are small business owners, and they are hanging by a thread. And month to month, they pay their rent, and they pay their costs, and they're trying to keep employees paid. And they are just, you know, I, I have a friend of mine who's a small business owner. He goes, I'm more worried about being homeless than getting sick. Oh, no, but, and, that's, and that's just one guy who's talking, and he even said, he goes, I, I, he But goes, what do you do about it? Well, in his state, they are opening businesses for patio service well if, if it's safe and you feel comfortable then go i, yeah. I mean that's really what it comes down and, to and that different businesses have different priorities and different amount of funds to weather the storm and that's that's what's really tough is a small business owner out there who is um more worried about the next uh check or the next uh house payment well no i i understand that i sympathize i, I mean it, and i'm not saying one's right or one's wrong it's more so that that it's there's in different areas of the country, there's different uh, priorities and different uh, settings where, you know, uh, being out of business for another month means being out of business. Yeah, but I'm not I, I'm, I'm I sympathize. It's not like I go, boy, hey, sorry, you're going out of business. It's you still have to be smart with what you're doing. And if you're allowed to push the guidelines a little bit, great. You know, survival the fittest. You know, we make it a point that, you know, we try to do takeout service twice a week from local restaurants just you can't go there. We'd normally go there. We can't. You try to help. And, and it's easy for me to sit here because I'm getting paid to still do my job. But it's not like I don't have friends who do have a small business or do, do have a restaurant. And they can't do this. And that is painful. But I, I just, I gather the information. That's all I do, folks. I just gather it and I, and I try to be fair with, you know, what I dispense to you. And my thoughts on this. Now, I don't like saying the Pac-12's in trouble. Two weeks ago, I said the Pac-12's in trouble here. Well, you heard Larry Scott yesterday. The commissioner got a little testy with me. And I said, hey, th this is just my information. What I'm hearing, best case scenario, Pac-12. Just conference games. I don't think the Pac-12 is playing football. 
And it's certainly not on schedule. And is it going to be in the spring? I don't know. Iowa's going to start practicing soon. Like it's, There's no commissioner of college football. These are uncharted waters. And as much as we say, let's go back. Come on, we got to go back. I, I want us to. I hope we do. But then you got to be prepared for what happens if you do. And we're not ready. That's my biggest concern here. We do force our way back or we push it. Are we ready for whatever happens after that? Because you got to be ready for that. And that's the stark reality of all of this. And look, am I too close to it? You can say that. You know, we're not very far from New York City. And we hear about it, we read about it more. I have friends who live in Arizona. Friend plays golf every day. Doesn't wear a mask, no gloves, doesn't care. Hey, no big deal. He goes, I can't relate to you. I said, well, uh, they have body bags that are stacked up in uh, semi-trailers, semi-truck trailers. So that's, that's the reality of what it is here. Not the same in every place. I get that. I understand that. You want to play football in Starkville? Great. You, you want to play in Oxford? Great. I, I just don't know if you're going to have... I don't know if the SEC is going to play football if not everybody's playing football. Is the Big Ten going to do that? Big 12. Pac-12 is not going to be able to do it. So that it's just... It's the new abnormal, as I've said before. Trying to figure all of this out. But make no mistake about it. I want sports to come back. We need it to come back. But it's got to come back when it's, we allow it to come back, when it's ready to come back. You know, NASCAR is perfect. No fans. There's no contact. Fans don't factor into the race at all. You know, the cars make noise. There's no noise from the fans. If basketball comes back and there's no fans, I'm okay with it. Golf, no galleries. I'm okay with it. Baseball, no fans. I'm okay with it. When we have it where everybody says, now it's safe, great. Let's go, let's go watch some baseball. Let's go to a tailgate. All in favor. And it'll be a hell of a time when we do. But until then, I'm just listening to the people who are way above my pay grade tell me what's going on. That's all. Nick in Arizona joins us. Hi, Nick. What do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Uh, six feet, 200. Also want to say this is a big deal for me. Ten-time caller right here. So uh, nice. love life right now. Thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, absolutely. Love the show. So I wanted to mention, you know, being here in Arizona, Governor Ducey just opened up pretty much everything, and it's business as usual here. Um, but, yeah, he said that on Saturday – that pro sports can start here, and just want to th- just want to get your thoughts and think it's kind of crazy. Well, so, it, it can start there. Thank you, Nick. It can start, but can everybody else get there? So the teams from California, or you know, what sports? You know, so yeah, in that pocket, in that vacuum, yeah, sports can come back. Can teams travel? What happens? What precautions are there? Fans go to the game. Like I don't know. I don't know what that means. We're open for business. I don't know. Wayne in Arkansas. Hey, Wayne. 
Hi, Dan. I wanted to uh, call and actually say, and this is kind of a weird thing to happen at this year, I wanted to thank you over the last two years for making me an NFL fan for the first time in my life. <laughs> I, I grew up with Atlanta. No expectations at all. We had Bartkowski, great quarterback. No one could catch at the ball. Okay. And then I've also lived in um, Phoenix. And, you know, who cares? And Tampa Bay. <laughs> I just went to Tampa Bay this year. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we turned you on to some football there, Wayne, and we'll continue to do so. Let me take a break. Jimmy in Chicago, and then uh, we'll take a break. Mike Vrabel, Titans head coach. I got to ask him about that draft day setup that he had with his family because Vrabel was great. Uh, hey, Jimmy. How's it going, Ben? Hey, bud. Uh, just, just wanted to ask you about the ESPN list, uh, who your greatest player is, and uh, also who your favorite player was. Uh, I know you mentioned Pistol Pete uh, in the past, and – uh, like, how do you think he would fare in today's game? All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to take a break on that, Jimmy. Uh, give that some thought, and we'll come back. I'll give you the answer on that. And uh, my favorite player, and uh, who do I think is the best player of all time? 18 after the hour, we'll talk some football with Mike Vrabel of the Titans coming up next here. More phone calls as well. 19 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Check in with Mike Vrabel, the Titans coming up. McLevin just sent me a trivia question from a fan. Steve Nash is one of two players in NBA history to have been named the regular season MVP and not to ever play in an NBA championship game. Is that right, McLevin? That was a question. That was a question from a fan on Twitter. I have no idea who the answer is. I don't either. And I'll give you my uh, basketball thoughts there coming up. But uh, Mike Vrabel is the head coach of my Tennessee Titans. They, of course, lost to the Chiefs in the AFC uh, championship game and uh, had a great season. Coach, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? I hope everybody's staying safe and uh, being healthy. What are you benching nowadays, Coach? Man, it's all push-ups. It's all push-ups <laughs> and sit-ups, Peloton. That's it. Really? I lift enough, man. I, I got my Tyler's at BC. He's offensive lineman, so he's he's one doing lifting, and and I'm trying to stay in that uh, that dad bond club. Do you ever miss hitting somebody? Um, yeah. I mean, I think you miss the 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 contact of. Uh, of football, and I think that's why I enjoy uh, getting out there with the players and, and trying to teach and and develop those guys on the field. How do you keep in touch with your players? Uh, right now, we you know just using the teamwork apps, uh, sending text messages, and really the way that we have the meetings scheduled um, with, through through the Zoom. I can walk. It's like I'm walking out of my office. I walk in the O line meeting at ten. Um, I hang out there and see those guys visit with that group. That's probably one of my favorite groups um, just because of the, the types of personalities that they have in there and the bond that they have. And then I'll go in and pop in the DB meeting after that, uh, visit with those guys and, and kind of work my way around, see the quarterbacks and receivers at noon, uh, outside linebackers after that and inside linebackers D line goes at 1130. So it's been pretty cool. We've been able to structure those meetings and the players set the schedule that they wanted to meet and uh, the coaches are available. How about the workouts for, for these players if they don't have a facility to go to? Uh, I think it's important that everybody stays uh, 
self-motivated uh, during this time. Uh, it's not something that we're trying to track. We're trying to be uh, conscious of guys' weight. There, there's two types of players when you think about our, our football team or anybody's team that um, maybe they have to con concentrate on not being overweight at this time, maybe a bigger lineman. Uh, but then some of these players that have to concentrate on, on keeping their weight up. And so really, I think they're, they're working. I think that the guys are staying self-motivated. They're, they're getting together. They're communicating with our strength coach, but we're not monitoring those workouts. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the virtual draft, the setup at the at the house. At who, the frat house. Who, who who scripted that? I don't think anybody was scripted. I think what what happened was this: is the kids were excited, like like everybody else was, and um, we we got a full house. You know, where Jen and I are here, and and Tyler's nineteen, Jackson's nineteen, and he's been with us for a year and a half, and Carter's eighteen, and he's graduating, so. It's like, and obviously me, it's like a frat house. And that's, and I never was in a fraternity at Ohio State, but I, I can only imagine that this is what it would look like. And so I think when they saw that the kids were on the screen, they wanted to do something fun. They wanted to be a part of it. Um, next thing I know, I, I look around, and there's a Frable jersey from a Pro Bowl. There's a, there's a Frozone uh, costume. Um, <laughs> and, and again, I, these, these guys, they – they, they, I love them to death. They support me, um, and they just, you know, they were having fun with it. You, you, you kind of stole the draft there for a little bit, you know, because I, I wasn't sure what was going on. I, I certainly wasn't quite sure what was going on either. <laughs> but, uh, they're, they're good kids, and uh, you know, they're, they're trying to keep their rooms clean and, and their cars clean and all that <laughs> other stuff. And then Belichick had his dog there. I didn't even know Bill had a dog, but he doesn't, doesn't strike me as a dog lover. I was doing some research here. Brady's first career start, that was against the Colts, and you were his teammate. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2001. Yeah, you guys shut down Peyton Manning. Brady's last start with the Patriots, the wild card game, and uh, you're the winning coach there. How weird was that? Did you have any sense that that was the last time Tom was going to play for the Patriots? Uh, you know, I wasn't really focused on that. I was trying to focus on preparing our team to go uh, into a place in, in January that, you know, not too many teams had won. I think they were 20-3 and three in, in, in the playoffs at home. But looking back so, on that now. Um, you know, Tom and I have a unique relationship, having played with him and been in his teammate. Um, being friends and then obviously competing against them. I think it's a unique relationship. Um, you know, he had a great, phenomenal career there uh, and, and obviously still wants to play football. Was he in play at all for the Titans? Uh, anybody that was available in free agency is available for the Titans. I think that John and I talk about that all the time is finding ways to, to improve our team. Well said. Did you recruit him? Thank you, Dan. No, I, <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, this isn't college football. You know, we draft them and we and we pay them. This isn't college football where you have to recruit and be on Twitter and all that other stuff. Well, I I think Brady recruited the Buccaneers. It it sounds like he was, you know, when I talked to Bruce Arians, it felt like Brady was saying, "Hey, I I want to come there. I'm coming there." Basically, like a kid commits to going to college, it felt like that would that's what he was doing with Tampa. I, I think that that looks like he's settled in pretty well down there. I saw his house, and uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for this thing to be done, so I'm going to go visit him and play some golf. 
Um, I also I wanted to ask you, and you told this story this a couple of years ago that I think you made the mistake of saying to Tom in the huddle that you were you were open, and I I just <laughs> I, I'd gone out for a run. I'd gone out for a run. I'd been over on offense for like a week, and so they throw me in there, and I run this route. I'm in the back of the end zone. I'm like Tom, 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 and I and I come back in the huddle, and I was like. I was wide open. He goes, Mikey, if you ever raise your hands at me again, I'll never throw you the ball. He's like, I'm the quarterback. I know who's effing open. I was like, well said. I got the point. I'm like, Rand- Randy always raises his hand. You throw it to him all the time. Randy Moss is allowed to raise his hand. You oh, weren't allowed okay. to. And did you keep those footballs? What, what do you have, 10 touchdown receptions? Again, 12 if you count the Super Bowls. So that that's uh, – wow. Something that that um, obviously was really cool. But the thing that you saw on draft night, like my kids would take those footballs from the Super Bowl and we'd go back to Ohio and they'd be outside playing football. And it'd be like, I don't have any football. There's no jerseys. There's nothing up. Like I'm concentrated on being the best coach I can. I love our players. I miss them to death. I'm not I'm not concentrated on, you know, what my career was. That's not going to help us. Oh, no, I just didn't know if you had those footballs. No, we, I couldn't tell you. We've been through four or five houses since then. Um, <laughs> and it's usually if the, the rule is if it stays in a box more than two moves, it gets thrown out. Or wow. Wow. Uh, how would you do if Derrick Henry was coming through the line? I would go low. It would be low. <laughs> I would be low and I'd look for the stiff arm if I wasn't low. <laughs> Who does he remind you of with that style? I, I don't know. I mean, I played bigger backs. You know, Jerome Bettis was a bigger back. Eddie George is probably a close comparison just because of the length that he was a, as a taller back. Um, Jerome was much more compact. Um, he's just very long and he's fast in the open field. He's just, he runs away from a lot of people and our guys love blocking for him. I love coaching him. Um, you know, he's done, done a lot of great things for us. Jerome Bettis would tell me stories. He said that he would hear defensive players grunt or groan after they tackled him because it was just, like he knew he was inflicting pain on you. I, I mean, he had to be my, when I was finishing up in Pittsburgh, he had to be 275. I don't know if who was bigger, him or LeVon Kirkland. <laughs> and this is but a his, running back. His calves look like grapefruits. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I can't imagine. There are guys who, you know, they get small sometimes when those big guys come through the line and then you, all of a sudden you kind of fall down or, you know, that somebody got an arm on you and you can't get to the running back. You know, it's it's trying to get those guys before they get going, because if they build up ahead of steam, if they get through the the, the line, uh, somebody's had a bad day. Uh, it's great to talk to you, coach. And uh, congrats on the success last year. And hopefully we we figured this out at some point. But uh, thank you for joining us. Well, I certainly appreciate you guys following the Titans. I, I stay safe out there, guys. Stay healthy. That's Mike Vrabel. And uh I don't know if Tom was in play there with the Titans. Probably so, as Coach said. You're a free agent. Everybody's in play there. Would have been interesting. I do love that story. That here's Vrabel, who's a you know defensive player, and he thinks he's open in the end zone, and he goes back to tell Tom. <laughs> How does a guy like him have 10 touchdown receptions? The defense didn't figure out when he's lining up in those goal line things that, hey, guess what? They're actually going to throw it I, I, I asked him about that. The last time he was on, I said, look, if you came into the game, I'm figuring you're probably getting the ball. You had 10 regular season touchdown receptions, and I think you caught two in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Paul. His career stat line is fantastic on the offensive end. 
10 receptions, 14 yards, 10 touchdowns. <laughs> the longest touchdown catch was two yards. <sighs> 10 for 10. I, I always thought Vrabel would be great for hard knocks, but Jay Glazer uh, tells me that uh, Vrabel would be uh, too vulgar for hard knocks. Now, that just, he grew up in Ohio, I think, outside of Toledo, Ohio State Buckeye, and then you play with the Patriots, and now, you know, you, you see these coaches, and you can see a team that is in the shape of that, or the former personality of that coach. And you get that with the Tennessee Titans. It's like, hey, there's no BS. Here we go. Run. We're coming straight at you right now. Yeah, Paul. But he's another one of those guys who started his career out of Ohio State and went to Pittsburgh and didn't really play much. Mm. And then he got picked. Patriots do this with a lot of different guys. Remember Rodney Harrison, they resurrected him. Vrabel, they resurrected. A lot of these good but not great players, they took them and had the best years of their life. I think that's the brilliance of Belichick because I don't think he's considered a, an above-average drafter. I think he's really good at sensing the chemistry of that guy and how does he fit into our system. And he saw Rodney Harrison with the Chargers, and he just said, I, I love the way you play. That was it. Rodney, you know, is on the kickoff team, and he's getting knocked out on, on kickoffs. And, uh, you know, he was a tough guy, and Belichick loved Rodney Harrison. I think he wanted to make Rodney a, a coach, an assistant coach with the Patriots. He loved him that much. And understandably so. Like, you're around Rodney, and you know Rodney's all business. He's going to get the job done somehow, some way. All right, some phone calls here. Uh, Chris in West Virginia. Hi, Chris. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. First here in West Virginia, being in the Big 12, um, I don't know how we're going to do college football if, if there's no travel and they just want us to take buses. I mean, a couple years ago, we almost doubled the, the second uh, team there in the, in the conference or in the nation for uh, miles traveled. Second, the fans need to know, when do we see Phase 1, Phase 2, and Phase 3 come back for the Danettes? And, you know, what's the schedule look like there, and who's the most important coming back? Oh, all right. Well, Chris, trying to stir it up there a little bit. I left it open to the Danettes. You come back when you feel safe. Anybody want to announce anything? Any time frame here that I should be aware of? All righty, then. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, McLovin. I was just talking to the uh, homebound Danette. Uh, we have a big adjustment to make when we come to the studio. I don't know if we should share this all, but, you know, on well, Zoom. It's, I ju- I'll just say this, Andrew. If you're going where I think you're going, it'll take over the show for a little while. <laughs> I think it's worth it, though. See, can we do this? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll back you. I'll support you in this because I know it's important for, I think, especially in this being one of the homebound Danettes that uh, I support you. So Why, certain, how about I take a break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should take okay. a break. Because you guys, you guys who are quarantined there can talk amongst yourselves to make sure that quarantine Um Fritzy, are you going to be involved in this? Uh, it's news to me, whatever they're about to oh. say, but uh, I'd like to think I'll support whatever they're uh, thinking. Mm. I'm the most immunocompromised, uh, if that's the right phraseology. So before I go all in on whatever they're going to say, I need to take that into consideration. All right. Well, let's take a break. Then we'll come back. More phone calls as well. Is this a bombshell? See, <laughs> you might say that. And now <laughs> we go to the newsroom. No, no. After the break. After the break. <laughs> all right. Oh, God. We'll come back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app 
at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick show. All righty. Before the break, McLovin teased a potential bombshell here that had to do with the Danettes working from home and when they would come back. Paulie, of course, is uh, here and uh, about 20 feet away from me. Uh, Fritzy has no idea what McLovin and Seton are talking about, but uh, I yield the floor to you, McLovin. Okay, so when we come back, which will hopefully be very soon, mm-hmm. there's going to be a major adjustment, possibly. For? Uh, the Danettes who have been working remotely. Because when you're on Zoom, there is a mute button, and you are allowed to make any noises you want while uh, the show is going on. So you might be comfortable in during a three-hour radio show <laughs> to pass gas whenever you want. Just hit the mute button. <laughs> so now that uh, we're going to be back in studio, that's going to be an adjustment. <laughs> and there's a... And there's the Todd Fritz game where we try and guess when Todd is actually doing said activity based on his face. Uh, we all, uh, or adjustments on his seat. So we, we play that game without him knowing. Yes, it's a good game. Yes, Eden. <laughs> well, they, I mean, as you know, we've been at this now several weeks. Uh, I don't know how it is, right? So there is a certain level, level of uh, comfort. Um, but see, the problem is, is that once, Andrew, I'm going to give you credit on this. Andrew unleashed the is this person farting right now game. It's dominated my Zoom sessions where every time that you look here, somebody's just sitting there. You're like, I'm pretty sure Todd just farted. Wow. I, I wish it was that simple, but I'm glad to get into more details. If you guys want to open the curtain. If we're comfortable uh, talking about those types of things, uh, there, there are times because of the uh, condition that I suffer from where something beyond just passing gas is brewing in the middle of the segment. I don't want to walk out in the middle of the segment. So um, for lack of a better word, holding it in until I hear the lovely words of Dan saying, we'll be back after this or some form of that so that I can uh, pop off my chair. And uh, thankfully, the restroom is uh, right on the other side of this wall. So it's a bomb smell. It's not a bomb, a bomb shell. Smell. It's a bomb smell. If, we, if it was simple as what George Carlin once called the one cheek sneak, then I could just stay in my seat and do my thing. But uh, I actually have to get up and get somewhere before there's a problem. Yes, McLovin. Also, you need to set a policy on pants. I don't know if I can wear non-sweatpants. I just don't know if I can do it anymore. No, yeah, I don't care what you wear. I mean, obviously, look at Fritzy. He wears <laughs> what he wants. I love the whole sweats thing. Yeah, if you want sweats, I, that's the beauty of what we do here. I, I never had a wardrobe rule here. There was no guidelines. So you're good. That's but, true. Yeah, whatever you want to wear, I don't care. I mean, you got to wear pants. I mean, something. Can't wear nothing. Oh, well, during your sports center years, you wore shorts. I did wear shorts, yes. But not boxer shorts. I was wearing just shorts. Underwear still optional. If you wear pants. That's understandable. We can uh, can do that. All right. So that's That's uh, that. that, And you guys have a time frame of uh, coming back? Anybody have any idea here? I'm kind of following the, is this, are we being serious? Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of just following the state. Okay. And seeing when they say to open up, um, that's what seems to be the most logical thing for me. McLovin? Um, yeah, I mean, I assume we'll talk about it sometime. I tested positive for antibodies and I've recovered. So I, I, we have never got too into that and nobody really knows what it means. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm safe to come back soon. So if you test a positive for the antibodies, then you had, had it? Uh, yeah, I've been exposed to it. Um, you know, I had like I had symptoms in March, but not too severe. So I didn't know 
what it was. Anyway, I told you guys all about this, mm-hmm. but I didn't know until I got the confirmation from the positive antibody test, which is a big debate. People don't know how, what that means. You know, mm. does that mean I'm immune from spreading it? Hopefully. And then how long? So that's the big debate nationally, but I feel uh, pretty comfortable, pretty safe. I want to come back soon. Oh, good. Well, when you guys feel safe, then uh, when you guys come back, then I'm going home. <laughs> Just to, like I'm going to start doing the show from my house once you guys come right. back. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Are you ready for a bunch of people to come back just uh, adjustment-wise? Yeah, we've been smart I, I, because I tell everybody when the show is over, go home, but just be smart. That's all. It's Do what you're supposed to do and, you know, understand you might be fine, but somebody else might not be fine. Who you come in contact with. I go to work and I go home. That's it. And try to be just smart about it. So that's, that's all I ask the guys here. And, you know, we cut the staff in half. Uh, the French kids at home, I sent Mario home so they could do their job from home. And then, you know, there's social distancing here. So we're trying to be as smart as we possibly can while we continue to do the show. And uh, look, I'm forever grateful that, you know, we, we've made the best of this as we possibly can. And, uh, you know, the guys in the back and Alan, our IT guy to help set this up and the big German. I mean, you know, that that's what made this work, that there's a comfort level of coming here. And hopefully that will continue here uh, over the next couple of months here. Tony in California joins us. Hey, Tony, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan, the word in Los Angeles is the veteran baseball players want to cancel the season because their agents are telling them you could get closer to a free agency without playing and risking injury or going into a slump, and the rookies and the minor leaguers want to play. Mm. So we, we could end up with some kind of strike, like veteran strike, rookie replacement, minor league replacement, Arizona, Florida league thing. Yeah, I, I think it's still, it's so fluid. Thank you, Tony. Um, you know, the players wanting to get paid. Uh, should they get paid? How much do you get paid? Um, you know, NBA players getting paid now they stop getting paid now is there even more of a push to come back so they do get paid you know there's there's a lot going on here there's a a lot of things going on behind the scenes and maybe we as fans don't care about that we just want you to come back and play we're not as concerned about how much money are you getting is mike trout getting his full paycheck or not or clayton kershaw we just we we want you to come back and what's that mean can we go watch games uh, where are they going to be played? Those kind of things. Uh, Matt in South Carolina. Hi, Matt. What do you have for me today? Hey, what's up, DP? Hey, uh, you were talking about things being so different all over the place. Uh, you touched on it with your buddy in Arizona that's playing golf every day. Uh, down here in South Carolina, it's similar to Arizona. Like, I'm going to dinner and sit down for dinner for the first time uh, since it started. I have a tea time on Thursday and a tea time on Saturday. It's, like, it's just so different. And it leads me to like college football down here is also so different than it is to Rutgers and places in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. And a theory I have is what if down here in the Southeast, everyone's going back to students back on campus and football is being played, but power five is just kind of dissolved for maybe one year. Maybe it stays forever. I don't know. But that gives Clemson the chance to kind of play in the SEC. Texas maybe a chance to play in the SEC. Florida State, as a Clemson fan, this is pretty cool for me because down here, like all we hear being Clemson fans is just, oh, it must be nice in the all cupcake conference. You'd lose three games <laughs> if you had to play Mississippi State every other week. Like, bring, bring Gainesville to the real Death Valley. We will 
I would love this idea. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I'm, Matt's already fired up for the season there. Paulie and I were talking about this before the show started. What's this mean for the NCAA as we move forward? Because I wondered when this first happened, and I was told by a source, said, you know, you might see this seismic shift with the NCAA, and maybe these power conferences secede from the union. I still think that's going to be the big play at some point, where these conferences just say, we don't need you. And we're, we're, the, we're the power brokers here in sports. You're almost making it a semi-professional college football league. You know, if you want to pay your players, control their likenesses, and, and this is big business here. And the NCAA is not really governing these Power Five conferences. These commissioners are just as powerful. Some of these commissioners are more powerful than the head of the NCAA, it feels like. I just don't know... Can you get everybody to play in the conference if Vanderbilt can't come back or USC can't come back, Stanford can't come back, Rutgers can't come back, Northwestern can Do you still try to cobble together a college football season? Can you go rogue and go, we're, hey, we can play and you can play, so why don't we play? I, I don't know what's going to happen here. We don't know. I just know that these California state schools – they are going to be in trouble when it comes to this college football season. Do I think the college football season is delayed? My guess from people I've spoken to is yes. The NFL season, from what I'm told, yes. NBA, I have my doubts about them coming back. I hope they do. Baseball, I, I still I keep hearing in early July, they're going to try to come back. More phone calls coming up, final hour this Wednesday.